the American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. God had made a promise to Abraham that he would have a child of his own, but Sarah's not becoming pregnant because she's like 70 or something at this point. I don't remember exactly. She decides that Hagar is going to be a surrogate mother. Pretty much that's it. That that's going to ask Hagar, not ask, tell Hagar that she's going to bear a child that's really going to be by inheritance and otherwise would be Sarai's child. No thanks. If I was, I, I choose not to do that. Well, uh, we don't, as you're a slave, you don't get that option. Now I want to make a side note. God never sanctions, condones, this kind of thing. It was a cultural thing of their day. God has ordained that marriage between one man and one woman. Would you understand that? Just because somebody does something wrong in Scripture and it's in the Bible doesn't mean God sanctions, approves that. Matter of fact, God himself in the Ten Commandments would call this adultery. I want you, this is a big thing. Not only did Sarah not have a choice to be a slave, she didn't have a choice about being a mom. Today, that might come into our culture by, you know, when a woman is forced into relationships. I'm saying it like that. We have a mixed audience today. Our culture says today, if a child is conceived that way, you can kill it. Even conservative folks say that. But she's forced into motherhood. In 16 and 5, it says, Sarai despised her. Not just didn't like her. Well, Sure, I'll bet. Sounded like a good idea at first. Abraham, or Abram, avoids the whole drama. Men never do that, right, ladies? Your husband never avoids the drama. And just goes, hey, whatever you want to do, you do. Keep me out of this. And so she begins to treat Hagar and this child harshly. Hagar chooses to run. Until she runs into a wall. Literally, she runs to the well. It sure, sure means wall. She's overwhelmed by her situation. Didn't think before she acted. Because what's the punishment for runaway slaves? Yeah, even in that culture, it's death penalty. This angel appears to her and tells her that the child she has in her womb is male. His name should be Ishmael. And 
to go back to this mean lady that's mistreating you. Go back into that slavery and continue to be treated like this. Uh, wait a minute here, angel. I'm not sure you understand my... Have you seen the situation I'm in? Have you, have you been watching? You want me to go back to that? That's what I'd say. But she returns. There she refers to God as, why we have heard it probably this way, Jehovah Rohi, the God who sees. She's just a slave. Nobody really cares about. Nobody even notices, but she recognizes this. God sees. He sees the situation. He sees where she's at. He knows what's going on. And still... That angel tells her to go back. See, sometimes we think when God sees our situation, he just gets us out of it. God sees you in the midst of it. Whether you're a mother or anybody else, this holds true for you as well. Thirteen years later, Sarai conceives a son. She's 90, Abraham or Abram is 99. Yeah, she was probably pretty sure this wasn't going to happen. I mean, Hagar. She was thinking that at least I'm going through this for my son Ishmael. Because he'll be one who inherits everything from this rich guy. Uh-oh. Then Sarai has a son. Guess what? That puts her boy. Bottom of the list. No longer a surrogate for Sarai. By this point, eventually, at when he's weaned, when, when Isaac, that's the child of Abraham and Sarah, is weaned in chapter 21. By this point, Hagar's been in Abraham's household, or Abram's household, for about 15 years. Ishmael, the Bible tells us, is 13 years old. He makes fun of, in some way, Either Isaac, they're not sure, or the ceremony that has when a child is weaned and moves from what we would say infant to toddler, mocks it in some way. Sarah's had enough. She goes to Abraham and says, kick the lady and the boy out. Abraham has a problem with her. He doesn't want to do this. And guess what God tells him to do? Kick her out. What? A homeless single mom. Abraham, the next day, puts together some bread, some water. And I, I would imagine, this is in my mind. I mean, you know, you've been a slave for 15 years. I'm giving you your freedom. Somehow put it in a positive light. You're no longer, I, I, now you can leave and nobody will kill you. You're free to go. Great. Thanks. It's nice to be free, but my situation has changed. What, what I hoped for has happened, but what I got doesn't quite look like I thought it would. Eventually, the water runs out. This 13-year-old boy, the Bible says, is crying. He knows what's ahead. Out in the desert with water, out water, what happens? Hagar's being tough, though. It'll be all right. 
the Bible says he lays him down in the shade and she goes far enough away where Ishmael can't hear her cry. And there she begins to weep and cry out. And then another angel appears and says this, God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. I think the where he is is important. On the verge of dying of thirst, in the middle of a desert, you find some shade and God hears right where you are. They weren't in church. They weren't at a prayer meeting or Bible study. Small group weren't there. God heard. Ishmael means exactly that. God hears or the God who hears. When God said, name him Ishmael, did he know this day was coming? Oh, yeah. These circumstances were not out of God's control. And he says, this angel goes on to say, that God will make from Ishmael a great nation. And Genesis chapter 25, it lists the descendants, the many descendants of Ishmael, who, by the way, lived to be 137 years old. Now at that moment, Hagar's thinking they're dying in the desert. God said, dude, dude, I got 137 years planned for this boy. And no matter what the situation is, he is not going to die till I determined that he would. By the way, Ishmael is what we would say is the, you know, progenitor of the what we would say the Arab nations in parts of Egypt as well. Okay? And if I counted it up, and I actually did this once, I mean, I know of Coptic Christians in Egypt, there's about 11 million. I'm not sure what there is in the rest of the part of that area. But I think the last time I looked in the general Palestine area, there was like 1.6 million Christians there of Arab descent. Hagar, I know you think like you're a nobody, but I've got something planned for your son. By the way, Ishmael actually shows up at Abraham's funeral and helps bury him. So this schism in the family uh, is somehow mended at this point. But when God said that your son will be one of those guys that's he's constantly in conflict with his neighbors, just watch the Middle East. I know we think we can fix it by a peace treaty, but God had said something. You're not going to change it. What we can see from this mother's story, this isn't growing up marrying your high school sweetheart, okay? buying a nice house in the suburbs, and raising your kids. This is a woman who's forced into slavery, forced to be a mother, treated harshly, eventually thrown out. But we learn from this, God sees, he knows our situation. You may, today, when we're talking about mothers, you might have bad memories. You may not have had, may not have had a good mom. God saw all of it. Maybe today you look at yourself and you go, well, I'm, I, I try, but I'm not that great of a mom. God knows that. He sees that. But this doesn't just apply to moms. It applies to everybody in this room. 
Whatever situation is, however hard it is, God sees it. He knows it. He's there in it with you, watching every bit of it. God is in control and he is trustworthy no matter what your situation is. See, sometimes when we look at the situation, we go, Hey, God, where are you? I have seen so many. Where is God in a worldwide pandemic? The same place he was before there was one. Where was God when my struggle, my thing, my death, where is God? The same place he was when his son died. He's there in the moment. He's seeing every bit of it. He's trustworthy. But not only does he see your situation and see your tears, he hears your cries in the midst of your distress. You might be at the kitchen sink washing dishes and you just, it's overwhelming you and tears are coming down your, your face and all. God, help us in this situation. God, I can't take it. God, what am I going to He hears your prayers, even those spoken in a moment of distress when you're not on your knees, you're not saying thee and thou. You're not holding, not holding the Bible in your hand. It's just one of those moments you had a fight with your husband or your wife, okay, and you're just about had enough, and you, oh, God, you got to fix this. He heard that. When your teenager's running amok, and in the moment, and it's look at your watch or your clock, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and you're worried half to death, oh, God, please keep them safe. He hears that. And yes, they will be grounded for the rest of their life. Not, but, you know, great. So he knows, he sees, he hears so what? Because God cares about you in the situation you're in. God could have at any moment intervened in Hagar's situation. He's God. He can do that. He could prevented her from becoming a slave. He could have prevented her from becoming pregnant. He, but he didn't. God had a plan, and when Abraham purchased a slave, God had God to go, oh, gee, what am I going to do in Hagar's life now? What I had planned for her, she can't do it as a slave. When Sarai says, oh, I got an idea. My hand, God, oh, nah, gee, we got to rethink. God saw it all, heard it all, and none of it was outside of his plan. We have a hard time putting that in our head. Because we're all, as Christians, supposed to have our best life now. Once you become a Christian, life's supposed to be peachy and wonderful. And all things work out. If you've got a preacher telling you that, leave. I'm leaving, sorry. Okay? But I got you know, when God sees all this in Sarah's life, in your life, mom, dad, child, it doesn't matter. He is in control and he cares about the situation you're in. Don't let your situation overwhelm you. Isaiah 41 and 13. For I am the Lord your God. I hold your right hand. It is I who say, fear not, I am the one who helps you. When God says something, when he says to Hagar, your, your son's going to have too many descendants for you to count. You can count on that. 
When he says, I'm the one here to help you, you can count on that. Psalm 34, 17 through 18. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. You go, hang on, before you put this in the idea of how you get delivered, recognize how Hagar was delivered. She wouldn't have chose it that way. Once she decided to go back, she thought it was all going to happen through her boy, bring getting the inheritance. But then, wait. But he delivers out according to his plan. He is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed or contrite in spirit. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he might exalt you in the proper time. Let me put it another way. Go back and live in his house. Eat humble pie. Go back. Okay? Because in the right time, I've got a plan for you and your son. So that I may exalt you in proper time, having cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Don't cast them on him just because uh, he's a, some kind of transcendent God up there that we hence he got the world running, he sort of pulled himself back and now it just runs. Okay, that's called the doctrine of transcendence, that God's way up here. But then there's a doctrine of eminence, that is God is right here in your life as well, in your daily life. He cares for you. That's in the word of God. I don't need to write a book. And how do you know God cares for you? How do you know God, who is always faithful, always trusty, it's impossible for him to lie, says he cares for you. Now, the enemy will come and try to lie to you and try to make you believe God didn't really say that. Welcome to the world, Eve. It's the same thing he told Eve. Oh, did God really say? It's the same thing he tried with Christ and his temptation. I want you to understand, God's word says he cares for you. You can print that up. You engrave it in cast iron or gold because it ain't going to change. God cares for you. Do not worry then saying, what are we to eat and what are we to drink? What are we to wear? For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Now that doesn't stop us from praying. okay? But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, then all these things are provided. Too often when we get in the difficult situation, we don't seek God, we seek answers. We, we don't seek God out, we just want God to do something for us. Let me suggest to you, why don't you just seek God for who he is and then see what God does. He says, if you do that, then these other things take care of yourself. But we get so anxious about the stuff being out here with just my jug of water and my bread and it's ran out and my boys are crying. That's easy to say right now standing here, isn't it? Unless you're there. Okay, one thing I can't handle is my grandchildren crying. At my house, uh-uh, grandpa's house in the plate for grandkids to cry. If they got want candy, if that's what it is, they're going to get candy. If they want held, they get held. Okay? It's hard for me to go, uh-uh, when they're crying. 
Now they're a little bitty at this time. Well, but still, it's hard for me. It's easier to stand here and say, okay, seek God when I'm standing here in front of you today instead of worrying about the situation. But when you're in the situation, it is a lot harder. But I would suggest to you, when you seek God, that's what relieves the anxiety. You could be a mom today, a dad, just a child. These things are still true for all of you that we see in the life of this mother. God sees, God hears, God cares. But I want to conclude this way. Some listening, watching today aren't sure if they're a child of God. Maybe in the generic sense that God's a creator of all things and in that sense, but they're not sure that God has a future for them or where they're going to spend eternity. Here's what I want to suggest you do. Call to God that he would grant you repentance. Now notice how I said that. I didn't say that you would repent. I'm sorry because I want good things. I'm sorry I got caught. No, no. I meant that God would grant you repentance, a truly humble and contrite heart, that you would hate sin like Christ does. Ask him to forgive you and make you a new person to change you, your desires from the inside out. I didn't say ask him to change your situation. Ask God to change you. Then ask for his help to submit to his lordship of your life. Perhaps God's taking you through a Hagar situation. So when he speaks to you, when you're up against the wall, you listen. Okay? He's wanting you to stop living life for you. To start living life for him. In his power and his mind. Maybe your life's messed up because you remember mom wasn't so wonderful. And you've been seeing a counselor for 12 years and it hasn't been fixed yet. Because you're looking in the wrong place. You got to look to Jesus Christ. The one who sees it all, hears it all. You got to look to him to transform that broken heart from the inside. Talking to somebody with a PhD isn't going to change that hurt. It's Jesus Christ coming to your life to rule and reign that will change your world. Perhaps you're a mother today and you're listening and you're struggling to be the right kind of mom. The answer to that is Christ and his word. That's not a self-help book. Not even advice from older, wiser women, which is a good thing. God has to move in you through his word with the Holy Spirit in you. And you will find yourself, as you seek God, some reason you'll turn around one day and you'll recognize, wait a minute, I'm a different mother. It wasn't in your works. It's not that you practiced hard enough. It's Christ came into you and transformed you. That made you that kind of mother. So you haven't got it right so far, whether you're a mother or dad or a child. Quit trying. Seek God. Ask for his help. Ask for him to change you. That's the answer. 
this, this Mother's Day, we do want to honor mothers. It is a very precious and special thing. Adam was all alone in the garden. Everything's good but that. There's no woman in his life, if I could say it like that. God creates Eve. But he also gave this mandate, go forth and multiply. So when Cain and Abel, you guys know the story, right? Cain kills Abel. Cain goes running off. Here's the mother of all without kids. And when God gives her another kid named Seth, she names him appointed. That's what Seth means, appointed. For God has appointed me another. What is he appointed? That child was ordained by God. Do you realize the child sat on your lap today? that will call you this afternoon, that come over to the house maybe today. That child was appointed by God to you. And if you're listening, go, that scares me to death. The answer to being that kind of mom, to being that kind of dad, to being the right kind of person is found in Christ alone. That's the only answer. Not legislation that says you can go leave your husband and marry somebody else or you can marry another woman. That sure ain't the answer. Okay? The answer is found in Christ and his word. God had to bring Hagar to a point where she trusted in God's word. You know, it's sure a lot easier if you learn that another way. Let's stand. Today, God, we do want to thank you for the moms in our lives, Lord. But I also recognize not everyone has good memories of mom. Not everyone watching, listening is a good mom. Nobody listening is a good person. For we were all sinners. At one time we all sought our own ways. God, I pray now though that you, first of all, encourage all the moms that you see, that you hear, that you care. But God, on my heart today are for those who do not know you. Moms, dads, or otherwise. They don't know you. They, at this point, have not put their trust in the fact that you see, hear, and care. They haven't put their trust in the righteousness of Christ, His cross, and His resurrection. God, I pray that you convict by your Holy Spirit. Draw them, O oh God, to you. You transform them. You grant them repentance. Today, O oh God, let this beginning of a new life of freedom, no longer a bond slave to sin, but set free in Christ. Draw those to you this very moment. I ask it, O oh God, to the glory of your great name and in the name of our Savior, our Lord, and our Christ, Jesus. Amen. This is Pastor Randy Reams, and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word. This broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. And if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages, just visit kindredbible.org forward slash media. And there you can also subscribe to the podcast. If you're being ministered to by this broadcast, I'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry. Giving is easy. Just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give. There you can make a one-time gift or you can choose to become a monthly supporter. But if you prefer, you can send your gift to KBC, P.O. Box 32, Nampa, Idaho, 83653. 
Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.